What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you for hanging out with us today as we continue on with our interpretation of summer movies theme that we've got going on. <laughs> it's fully planned, 100% organized. We thought this out throughout the entire year. Summer mm -hmm. stratagansa, I think as Erica would call it. Yeah. Exactly. That is what I would call it. Uh, yeah, we've been like loosely basing our choices off of summer lately, uh, starting with Anaconda. And now we have, a, we have a two for one today. Not only is this a vacation gone wrong, this is also a camping trip gone wrong. Mm -hmm. I think you have to, I mean, in the spirit of the Anaconda episode, which homies, if you haven't listened to yet, you really should because that episode is a banger you gotta give us the the breakdown of how we mentally got to this movie as a summer one? movie okay so i thought summer vacation killer vacation camping <laughs> camping in the woods killer woods and therefore we combine those into killer woods vacation <laughs> Right? The ritual. <laughs> the ritual. Uh, well done. Two, two summer themes and one movie. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> um, but before we get into too much about the ritual, I think we have a very exciting announcement to make. I also think we have a very exciting announcement to make. Would you like to make said announcement for the homies? I would. First of all, I feel like I've said that almost every episode that we've had recently. Like, I don't know why I'm like, did I just, didn't I say this last week and the week before that? I don't know. Very, we've had a lot of exciting announcements. Exactly. Recently. That's all it is. We've been, we had an exciting summer. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yes. We have had the Phineas and Ferb summer, some may say. <laughs> lots of excitement, lots of adventure. That was good. We've that been was making the most of it. <laughs> Um, shout out to Phineas yeah. and Ferb. <laughs> shout out to Phineas and Ferb uh, for always holding it down. Shout out to Candace as well. You did the best you could. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have an exciting announcement to make today. This weekend, specifically Saturday, August 7th, we are planning a watch party as our 10K slash one year Celebration extravaganza. Hey. Hey. Cannot we, believe it. One year we made one it. One year. Yeah. So basically, this weekend is uh, ba basically a year. <laughs> uh, it's basically since, our birthday, homies. Yes. It's our homie birthday uh, since we came out with our first three episodes. I think we dropped three at once or something like that. But it's mad lads. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a whole year since then. Not only that, but it just also happens to coincide with us 
uh, reaching our 10,000 download milestone, which was also mental, freaking mental. So mental. So that was also very exciting. And we've been thinking for a while. We obviously wanted to do something to celebrate. Uh, so we were trying to figure it out. And we knew we wanted to do something that included the homies, uh, the homies being you homies. And we decided it would be really fun if we did a Twitch watch party, which basically just means that you guys can come in and watch movies with us. And we'll be able to talk to you guys while we're watching them. Almost do like a little live commentary mm-hmm, type mm-hmm. of situation. Um, so yeah, that'll be this Saturday, August 7th. We will be starting uh, one, o'clock, 1 p.m. PST is when we will be starting. We'll probably watch about like three movies. But like I said, we'll be watching movies. We'll be talking to the homies. We'll be talking to chat. Uh, we'll be drinking. We'll be snacking. We'll be vibing. So uh, I hope to see you guys there. I think it's going to be really, really fun. I'm very much excited for it. I I hope you guys are excited for it. We are going to try and pick out some saucy movies, some sassy movies to watch. Um, We'll be posting about it more on our social medias and keep you guys in the loop. I do know the one thing for sure is you you do have to have Amazon Prime, correct? Yes, this is true. So you got to make sure that you got your Bezos subscription handy in order to watch the movies. But even then, you can still come in and say hello, even if you can't watch Mm -hmm. the movies. So uh, just be prepared. But we'll be giving you guys more information on that a little bit later this week. So you guys can be prepped and ready. Yes. So uh, we are very excited for that. We're going to ride this excitement train for the rest of the week. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Choo-choo. Choo-choo, we're coming, bitches. (laughs) Uh, Next stop, Celebration Station. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) ma'am. All right. All right, Thomas the Tank. Let's reel it in. Uh, but yeah, uh, without further ado, now that we've gotten our very, very exciting announcement out of the way, let's get into our summer pick, which is The Ritual. Yes, indeed. So, homies, as always, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned, all right? But we are talking about The Ritual from 2017. Now, this one is a Netflix original directed by David Bruckner with a screenplay by Joe Barton based on the novel The Ritual by Adam Neville. And this one is starring Rafe Spall as Luke, Archer Ali as Phil, Robert James Coyer as Hutch, and Sam Troughton as Dom. Four bros go backpacking in northern Sweden in memory of their fifth bro who ain't round no mo. Meet Luke, a man with a bad case of midlife crisis. Phil, the ride or die who can't seem to form his own opinion. Dom, the crew's constant crybaby complainer. And Hutch, a man with a lot to live for who probably should have stayed home with his wife and kids. 
After Dom damages his knee, the group is forced to take a shortcut through a vast nearby forest, because that always goes well. But after finding a cabin filled with a bunch of witchy shit, the group find themselves on the run from an unknown predator. Insert bros being bros, human dream catchers, and Sweden doing Swedish things here. Our film concludes with the bros banding together to escape the forest before their Swedish round trip becomes a one-way. Also, shut up, Dom. Roll credits. Now, can I ask you, was this your first time seeing this movie or had you seen it before? This was my first time watching this movie. Um, gotcha. Had you already seen this movie, or what's up? Uh, yes. So you I... cheater. I thought no. we were both watching it for the first time. You cheated. No, no. <laughs> I never said that. No, yeah, I... I inferred it. Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I had seen this before, mm-hmm. um, and. Which is part of the reason that I suggested it because I, I did know I was like, oh, I remember this is kind of like a trip gone wrong type of situation. And we had both kind of discussed doing a camping movie. And I thought that this was a nice kind of different one to do. But gotcha. also my boyfriend has been requesting this movie since we started the podcast because he um, loves movies like this. He was the one who actually chose this movie when we watched it the first time oh, um, but yeah okay. but I, 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 he also loves like norse mythology which mm-hmm. is ends up being a huge part of this movie but i realized halfway through i didn't know if you had seen it yet or not so i'm very interested in hearing your thoughts on your first watch through because i will say mine changed a little bit on this second rewatch for me Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, this was definitely my first time watching this. I had no knowledge about this movie whatsoever going into it. I didn't even watch the trailer. Like I didn't I didn't really I didn't know a thing going into oh. this. Um so you know, shout out Anthony. We hear you, we see you, you are seen, heard, and appreciated and for your yes. recommendation. Yes, and so now you have to listen to this episode. You don't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you make a request. Um, but yeah, I okay. Well, then in that case, I would like to start off with what is in your notebook first, uh, because I'm intrigued by what your what your first kind of thoughts were when this movie began. Okay, okay. Well, the first thing I have in my notebook is when it comes to going out and getting smashed. I am where most of these gents are at the age of 28. Do not want to do it. I would rather be at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I, once again, I hate to say it, but I'm dumb at this bar, like (laughs) constantly requesting snacks and being disappointed when my friends return to the table with no food. (laughs) Like, I don't. I was like, "Yep, that's probably me in this situation." This is a very true thing, homies. I've seen Erica at a bar when no food comes, when the person comes back with the drinks, and she has a very upset face ten out of ten times. Well, because how are you going to come back with more drinks 
and want us to drink more and not have something salty for me to snack on to offset <laughs> the drinks. What? This is true. This is true. This is why I always enjoyed if we went out to bars, like seeing like you or Shantae there, because I knew that mm -hmm. there would be food at some point. Like yeah. I knew that we would not go the entire night just drinking. We would exactly. have to. We would have to stock up on some food. So I always appreciated having you in the bar crew for that or reason. Don't, yeah, or don't throw a party with no food. That was another thing. You knew if we were throwing a party, there would, there be, would be food. Yeah, there don't, would always be food. Don't throw a party that involves alcohol and have not a, a crumb to be found in your house. You have to have something out. Yo, that's facts. Offset that is, alcohol. You do. That's absolute facts. So, homies, if you take nothing else from this episode on the ritual, it's that if you throw a party with alcohol, you best have food. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the most important thing. Especially if you want us to be there. We better <laughs> have something to eat. We don't make the rules, but we follow them. Right. You know? Like, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we opened up in this film. The we got our crew of five who are all sitting mm -hmm. around um, at a bar. Kind, I guess, kind of trying to figure out what they want to do because they're just like they're so bored with everything. They're also at that age where it's kind of like you still want to you still want to go out and have fun, but like you also have real life adult responsibilities. So those things come into play. And I think it's like affecting the group morale because Luke, kind of our main character of this whole thing, is one of those hold on to their youth as long as they can kind of people. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you can tell he's like visibly disappointed that the group doesn't want to go out and be crazy like they used to be. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the, it, it kind of reminds me of the group from The Descent. I think that that movie and this movie have some similarities mm -hmm. because... It's a group of friends who, you know, in in their respective movies are kind of brought together again after a tragedy and they're going on like a no, one final adventure kind of a thing. But it, it they seem like that group of friends where they probably prior to most of them starting their own families, they probably did like yearly trips or maybe not every year, but they would do trips often with just each other, like bro trips. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, now they're trying to figure out where they want to go. But everybody is moving on with their life and starting families and getting married and settling down. And Luke is just not ready to be in that place in his life yet. So he is trying to go to all these crazy places that they probably went to when they were bachelors. And half the people are like, dude, we don't like... We don't want to do that anymore. Like we're adults, we yeah. can't. We can't go like to strip clubs and go to Vegas and go to Ibiza anymore and do drugs. Like that's just not the lifestyle we're trying to live right now. <laughs> Luke is straight up every almost thirty big city millennial that's trying so hard not to mm -hmm. be old now. They're like, no, no, we can still party. We still have time. And everyone's like, I got two kids, bro. Yeah. It's like, no, I literally, I have to go home. Like, I have a, <laughs> my wife is waiting for me at home. Um, and he's so disappointed by this fact, which, and to some degree, I can understand 
his thought process because he is in such a different place in his life. He probably feels like he's getting left behind because not only is he not married, not doesn't have a family, he's single. Like he doesn't have anybody to go back to. Mm-hmm. And if these people are moving on with their careers and, you know, getting houses and doing all of these things. And I'm sure some part of him feels like worried maybe that he's not going to have anything in common with them anymore. But he allows it to like he allows it to affect the way that he interacts with them and affect the way that he thinks about them because later on so they leave the bar and he wants to go get alcohol and nobody wants everybody's ready to leave besides him he wants to go get another bottle of alcohol that smooth 11 p.m cutoff where everyone's like all right we stayed we stayed out an extra hour more than we wanted to Right. Oh, we're done, my guy. We stayed out an extra hour. You didn't order me my French fries that I requested. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Yeah. And he's like, nah, I want to get one more bottle. And he kind of convinces his friend Rob to go in with him because he doesn't want to go alone. Right. And then, what? yeah, so then when, once they're in there, you get this conversation between Luke and Rob where Luke is almost making it seem like his friends have... Um, like they're disappointing for moving on with their lives but i just feel like it's because he feels that way about himself like he feels like maybe he's disappointing for not wanting to move on because it's like because even rob is like oh yeah that sucks that they have families and houses and kids and successful careers like rob is bad (laughs) he is not supporting any of the bullshit he's like we have a word for that my guy it's called projection You are going through some stuff, and that's okay, but, like, calm down, my guy. Yeah, look look inward, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Look inside yourself. Yeah. (laughs) But it it had to have been, I mean, it had to have been a very intense conversation for them both mentally because they somehow missed the fact that the shopkeep is bloodied and bruised Mm -hmm. sitting behind the register the whole time. I just, I think that's such a great reveal, though, because if you think about it, why would they have because rob robert wouldn't have seen her at all because his back the way that they walk in it's like they walk towards where the desk is and she's like hunched below the desk because she's been beaten up so you can't see her so i guess you would just assume that she's in the back or something Mm. and so when they walk down that aisle rob's back is turned to her and luke is talking to him behind him and he sees her first yeah. And I just think that's like such a great reveal. To be quite honest with you, even though I'd seen this movie before, I forgot that that was how this whole sequence unfolded because I couldn't really remember how yeah, it, does, it happened. It does look real natural. I'll give it that. And like saying it out loud too, thinking about it, like every time I walk into a 7 Eleven, I don't necessarily like I'll maybe like if the cashier says something to me, I'll acknowledge them. Glance. But I'm one of those people that's definitely all up in my headphones. Um, mm-hmm. and I know there are some people that hate that phrasing, but to you guys, <laughs> I say it anyway, uh, <laughs> but I won't notice like the shopkeeper or whatnot when I walk in. So I guess, all right, I could, I could see them, you know, not paying attention to that, but yeah, that reveal was, uh, it was a lot. I wrote down my notes. I was like, oh, well this is, this is escalating quite quickly. <laughs> Very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think about this? 
whole situation because really this is the inciting incident not only for the movie and what happens next but also for the relation the way that luke's relationships all hinge on this moment this situation and like luke and how he handles this i mean i have i have two thoughts about it my first thought is i don't think less of luke necessarily for what he does because he does he ends up not helping rob and that ends up costing dearly and I don't fault him too much for it because I think a lot of us in that situation would assume that we would be a hero, that we assume that we would get that bout of bravery to do the the courageous thing, fight off the robbers, help our friends, yada, yada, yada. I think a lot of us assume that we'd be that person. And the fact of the matter is a lot of us aren't, you know, like a lot of people would do something similar to what Luke did, which is stay safe your survival instinct kicks in and you just want to not be hurt. Like, even though you do want to help, it's not that you don't want to help your friend. Mm -hmm. Um, You full well want to help your friend and you want to be the person that can go and save them. But also like you're fearful of your own life. And so does it suck that he didn't at least try to do something? Yeah, hundred percent. It sucks. But do I fault him fully for it? Not really. Um, Because I understand. I, I, I do sympathize with him. Um, my second thought, though, was, damn, it must be real nice to live in Europe where, like, if you're being robbed, the thing you have to worry about is, like, a metal rod. Damn, that is a far stretch from in the States where that right. would be a straight nine millimeter right in your dome. like. And that's, yeah, and that's something that I thought of when I watched it the second time that I didn't really pay attention to the first time is... When you look at it like that, because these robbers don't have guns, they have a knife and yeah, they have like a pipe and Mm -hmm. that's what they, and they use the pipe to bash Rob's head in. But when you look at it like that, it does kind of paint this other light of if, if Rob and Luke had teamed up, they probably could have taken, they would have stood a chance. Yes, Mm -hmm. they don't have weapons, but... Luke has a bottle in his yeah. hand. And he had they, the element of surprise. Yeah, the element of surprise. If they teamed up with each other, they they probably could have could have stood at least a, a chance against them. You you see that, and you're like, yeah, they probably could have fought back. But it, it's yeah, Luke freezes, which is a mm-hmm. normal reaction. People freeze in danger all the time. It's it, that's why it's that's why your body has different responses. Like you don't always want to fight. And you don't always want to run. Sometimes you just freeze, which is exactly what happens to Luke. And so I think it is easy for other people to look at that, like his friends, to look at that and say, well, if it would have been me, I would have helped Rob. But you'll never know that. Like, you'll never be in that situation. So you can't say that. And also, Luke was not the only person that was in there. There were other people that were in there. There were people that were like in the stock room that I think had been beaten up a little bit. There's just so, there's so many factors in it. And so I think the way they choreographed it was very clever because they did it in a way where because there's so many factors, you can see both sides. You could see why he feels guilty. You could see why people might blame him. But at the same time, you know what? You can't be mad at him for having a normal human response to being put in danger. And yeah. it's and the thing that sucks the most about it, though, is that Rob didn't even want to go into the liquor yeah. store. He like, is a fully just innocent bystander that got yeah. caught up in it. Though I respect the fuck out of him 
for being like, you're not taking my wedding ring. Bro, like that shit. Uh-uh. I would have put that shit in a box with a bow. <laughs> and I would have been like, take it. Take it. Take it. My wife nah, will understand. Nah. Are you kidding me? The I steel would not balls put on my this man life. say you are not taking my wedding ring. Take, take it. my shoes, my shirt, everything, but she was not taking my goddamn no, wedding ring. I respected no. the hell out of him for that. You can take take the ring, please. I'll <laughs> we will work for another one in the future. Because I'm like, okay, it's my life or it's a ring. I got the certificate. He knows we're married. Like, take it. Please, <laughs> Pop. <laughs> but uh, I get it. It's the yeah. it's the principle. <laughs> you know, and it's like he didn't go out like no punk. But th- yeah, but this is this is an important scene because we actually do come back to the scene quite a few times a mm-hmm. throughout throughout the course of the movie, which it's kind of an interesting thing that I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, this is the inciting incident, which leads them to six months later. They are now backpacking in northern Sweden. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, w- it was Rob's idea to go hiking, right? It was like... Yeah, so the trail that they're taking is the one that Rob wanted to hike. He's, right. Is the one that he suggested and they all turned him down. Which I thought which I thought was really cool. And one of the things I liked about the beginning of this movie is everything felt very natural to me. The, the series of events that led up to them getting to this hike all all were very coherent to me mm-hmm. and they didn't feel nothing felt too forced even the whole robber situation that is a situation that people find themselves in quite often mm-hmm. so it didn't feel like too far-fetched to think something like this would happen which would then you know domino effect to having them be here in northern sweden i thought all that was written and shot and planned out very well mm-hmm. no i agree it it all makes sense you get why they're there and you get why it's so important to them to be doing this thing and it also is something that needed they needed a reason because as we find out like dom this is completely not his thing mm-hmm. and even phil i mean phil is compl- complains a lot yeah. <laughs> on this on this trip because he's like phil is also me because he wore the wrong shoes for <laughs> a hike i always wear the wrong shoes for like hiking and walking and stuff but yeah they all needed a reason to be there and so they're gonna hike this trail and they stop they stop midway through the hike because they found a perfect place to do kind of like a a memorial for rob since he couldn't be there they like brought a picture of him and they put it up and have a little you know that thing where they're like cheers to you when they all swig pouring one out out for for the the homies homies. yeah (laughs) which is also a great moment i will say this moment this movie particularly this like first 20 minutes they have some great moments of stillness that lead to some good comedic moments, and this is one of them mm-hmm. when he's pouring out. Did you the see? Flask, did you see who was it? Uh, was it Rich who like almost laughed while they did it? I for, who's standing next to him? I think uh, so. Hutch is pouring it. Hutch out. is pouring it I think, out. I think Phil is standing right next to him. Was it Phil? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I think it was Phil. But whoever was standing right next to Hutch as he was pouring it out, I saw it in his face because they definitely keep the shot on the pour, and it's a long pour. Like they're pouring one it's out for the very- homie, <laughs> but it is like it's like that that urinal trickle that goes on a little longer <laughs> than it should. And it's, <laughs> it's just pouring, yeah. pouring. You could see the actor's face, like kind of like. <laughs> 
even Hutch, yeah, even Hutch just starts smiling <laughs> at the very end of it because it's just such. I, I, oh, I remember at that point chuckling because I was like, y'all, them almost breaking made me start laughing. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. funny. That part, I think, is a great moment. And then also the part when Dom hurts his leg and Hutch and Luke turn around and just stare at him mm-hmm. as he's like screaming. <laughs> like, they're just like, oh, my God, because they're just sick of his shit. Him being an issue yeah. uh-huh They're, the, um, what they do do very well with this film i give them this along with you know setting things up very nicely um they establish this group very well you don't even have to necessarily like the guys in this group to still kind of give a shit about their group because they have such a specific group dynamic that you pick up very quickly like they establish it super super quick like who's who in this group how they kind of feel about each other and so it's like you, even if you don't like them at this point, you're still, you can't help but be invested a little bit mm-hmm. in their journey. Yeah, it just feels very real. Mm-hmm. Like they definitely feel like a, the dynamic they has feels true to a group of friends, specifically a group of friends who have some tension between, some unspoken tension between them. Right. Um, and I found an interview with the director that Bloody Disgusting did. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was blown away on both fronts. While the horror was incredibly compelling, what drew me closest to the material was the relationship among the guys and the sense of deteriorating male friendship. I always find that horror works best when it's tethered to real world anxieties and this felt especially relevant to me both personally and as a broader exploration of masculinity in crisis which i agree i think that's one of my favorite parts of this movie is their friendship and the journey that they go on and it definitely is that it is a deteriorating friendship Mm -hmm. it's mainly because there's so much between them that none of them want to say none of them want to talk about their feelings and no one wants to break that you know that oh we're tough and we're strong and we're fine and so there's all of these things that none of them are saying to each other because they just would rather let it fester and pretend like it doesn't exist and that's what ends up unfortunately getting them later on because their teamwork and begins to deteriorate as a result of that yeah you know they they was true men because they didn't want to talk about their feelings or you know mm-hmm. confide in each other about how they felt on a personal level about one another because that's what men do y'all cut that shit out <laughs> also like it took me i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fully transparent here it took me like all the way until they got into the forest like honestly until they got into the cabin for me to actually solidify what everybody's name was, it took it took me mm-hmm. a minute. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Yeah, I got. I didn't even know what Phil's name was for half the movie. <laughs> I was like, Phil, what is your name? <laughs> who is it? No, who, who is this? are yeah. you? I I thought Hutch and Dom's names. I had them flipped for the first like five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, let me switch those back because I remembered. <laughs> I remember that Luke and Dom didn't get along, so I was very confused because I was like, "No, I thought I thought they didn't like each other," but then I realized I just had their name switched. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah, Dom messes up his leg and is they still need to hike basically down and then back up this mountain and because they're just no, they're nowhere <laughs> near 
their the no. lodge or anything. So it's like regardless of him hurting himself, they still have to travel. Like they don't have they, a choice. Yeah. They have to trek. It's like at least 10 hours and Dom is struggling at this point in time. See now, now if we're gonna play that, this is what I had thought. If we're gonna play that whole like, well, if it wasn't for you game that Dom likes to play in this movie because he always likes to say, well, if it wasn't for Luke, Rob would be, Rob wouldn't be dead, right? Mm-hmm. If we're gonna play that game, Sir Dom, if you would have just sat there and waited for Luke, because Luke and Hutch both volunteer to continue on, go get help and have somebody come and get them. And Dom says, no, he doesn't want to be left alone on the mountain or he doesn't want him and Phil left alone on the mountain. And because he doesn't want to be left alone, Hutch says, oh, well, I know a shortcut through the woods. Mm -hmm. And that's why they go through the woods. If Dom would have just sat there happy in his tent and and kicked his leg up and waited it out, then they all would have still been alive. Or so like maybe if Homeboy had watched his step instead of being so entranced in his conversation about Gooches, then they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been in that situation at all. Then maybe you wouldn't have fallen off. How did you fall? Nobody else fell off the thing. You was the My only man. one. So embarrassing. Let he who doesn't fuck up they knee throw the first stone. All right, Dom. <laughs> saying i'm like if you want to play that game we can play that game because yeah because dom doesn't want to wait for help they have to find a path that isn't so hilly Mm -hmm. and inclining so they need something flat so uh hutch says let's go through the woods because apparently there is a shortcut which never would i ever do this movie was a very vivid reminder i i hate the woods the woods has got to be one of the scariest places because it's so vast it all looks the same it's so easy to get lost you just you look it looks like you're walking into a horror movie every time you step into it Mm -hmm. yeah it's like no that's fine i will happily no i will sit here i'll wait and Ah, oh, dude, these woods look so f- menacing. Have you ever heard that song? Have you ever heard that song, Teddy Bear Picnic? No, I haven't. Who's that by? <laughs> All right. I, oh, gosh. It's, I don't remember who it's originally by, but it's meant to be a children's song, I believe, but it has the creepiest introduction I've ever heard. I'll have to send it to you after this. But it starts and it's like, it's like, if you go out to the woods today, you're in for a big surprise. And oh, it's like this wait, that sounds actually shit. really familiar. You probably have I, heard maybe it I've before. heard it, and I just don't. I never knew what it actually was. It's about teddy bears having a picnic, but the beginning of it sounds like you're about to walk to your death, <laughs> and you probably are. If that's the case, in the case of our friends in this movie, they are. But yeah, something about. Especially if you're going to go through woods that you've never been in before, which is what they are planning on doing. They've never even been on this trail before. And now they're veering off of that to go through the woods because it's apparently a shortcut. But as soon as they get to the edges of the woods, uh, Hutch has a compass and it stops working. Right. Yeah. Like it, it just stops. And he's like, oh, no, that's dope. Compasses stop working all the time. That's totally normal. I was like, sir, you need to turn around. Like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, and immediately. So uh, basically right after they get there, they find a deer that has been gutted and is hung up in the trees. Like a goddamn hammock. I was like, if this ain't the clearest sign to turn your ass around and get out of this forest, 
I don't know where else. I like when you say show me a sign. This is the sign. It's there's nothing else you could possibly need to know this was a mistake. With the quickness with which I would have turned around and just walked back out of the woods. Yeah, because it's like this is it, not. This is no. This is very clearly not a natural thing. You do not. A deer does not get stuck ten feet in the air on a tree strung out like a Dissected like it's laundry open. being dried in the sun like no somebody clearly did this shit and it's and it's fresh it's fresh it's still bleeding says. it's still dripping from the legs she she dripping she is dripping um so immediately luke is on edge he's questioning the decisions that they've made mm-hmm. <laughs> he is like immediately so. Uh, rightfully so he i think out of all of them is the first one to kind of be aware that something is not right and that this was probably a mistake but of course because it's luke and half of the people in this friend group no longer really respect him or trust his judgment Nobody really listens to him. Mm-hmm. They and they are all definitely following Hutch's lead. Yeah. Um and really trusting in what he says. Which I'll and... give him I'll give him that too. Like jokes aside, I understand the mentality of Hutch about like despite all of these clear signs that you're I should turn around. Why he's like at this point we have to keep going because it is kind of like the there's evil in both directions, right? Like if you go backwards you're losing half a day and you still got a 10 hour hike to get to where you need to go and your friend is complaining nonstop about their leg while in the other direction you have clear signs that the devil is shacking up uh somewhere in this forest but this is the quickest way through it's it's rough it, it is a rough choice there because by the point where shit's already starting to get weird they're already so deep in this forest that if they turned around at this point, they'd probably just get lost anyway. Like, let's be real. Right. And also you have this other element of Luke's compass isn't totally, you know, up to board. He's not ever really sure if they're going in the right direction. Is this Luke, so, or, Luke or Hutch? Say, I'm, I'm sorry, not Luke. Hutch's compass. See, I did it the whole and movie. So, don't worry. <laughs> and so say you do turn around and you get turned around and you think you're leaving the woods, but maybe you're going further into them. It's one of those things now where you kind of just, it's almost better to just continue on a straight line yeah. and hope for the best. Dude, woods are, to, the woods are just so scary. I mean, we've known this for years. The Blair Witch definitely put the forefront on mm-hmm. that. Just like how easy it is to just get completely Del- turned mm-hmm. around. If you've never hiked in the woods before, it's scary, and that's a that's a real thing. Like that that's that is fueling off some real life established fear right there. Yeah, people get lost in the woods all the time, and yeah, th- this movie definitely has some Blair Witch vibes to it, and it also kind of reminds me of Deliverance sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they actually in the movie they make a lot of jokes and references to Deliverance mm-hmm. and like hillbillies being yeah. in the mountains and in the trees. Um, but yeah, so they kind of continue on their path. Hutch is convinced, or Hutch has convinced them that they will be able to make it through the woods and be at the town basically by nightfall. And it just, it's not happening. There's a huge storm. They can't see where they're going. So they find a cabin. Mm -hmm. 
Which, oh, great. Creepy cabin in the woods. We love to see yeah, it. Yeah, I wrote that We down. definitely should sleep there tonight. <laughs> of course there's a cabin in the woods. Why wouldn't there be a cabin in the woods? Why wouldn't there be? It's only right. It's a staple. Uh, creepy woods, check. Spindly, weird-looking trees, yes. Uh, ominous sounds and twigs constantly snapping, of course. So all we were missing to get a bingo was cabin in the woods mm -hmm. and we've got it now so hutch thinks hey this place is abandoned let's just sleep here tonight luke says what the fuck i hate all of you guys <laughs> <laughs> it's basically luke's <laughs> luke's mindset uh because luke feels like he has heard well he has he he heard some growling in the woods that did not sound <laughs> like a normal animal no. and so he kind of tries to explain that to everyone fun fact because i did watch this movie with subtitles on if you watch this movie with subtitles 90 percent of the time that they're in the woods you get the phrase and the subtitles growling in the distance like just yeah consistently the entire that's, time mm -hmm. that's what i got to distant growling <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. But so they also find like carving in the woods. Um, yeah, there's like little. On, on the trees. Yeah, ominous symbols on the trees and in the cabin too. There's a bunch like yes. carved into the wood of the cabin. So Phil goes upstairs to find firewood. And instead he finds a statue made out of twigs and possibly a real human's torso and antlers as hands <laughs> mm -hmm. and and hooves for feet yep. and no head yep no head and he says oh good i hoped i'd find a subject <laughs> this is perfect <laughs> this is per so phil immediately is like it's witchcraft yeah which i was this like trust your gut up. phil you are totally correct here you are right i like that despite the questionable circumstance that we find these characters in they're not, like, fully stupid characters, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that mm -hmm. Phil sees that and is like, y'all, this is very clearly some witchcraft voodoo shit. It's like, okay, at least at least you said it. At least you said it out yeah. loud, so I know that you're thinking it. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is one of those times where you kind of have to wonder, like, what else could they do? I Because the, the thing that you would, what it seems like Luke is hoping they do is that they just move a little bit further out and take their tents and try and rough it out through this storm. Mm -hmm. But from Hutch's point of view, that seems stupid when there is like a fine shelter already there and they can have a fire. Which he's not, he's not so wrong. You, he's not no, wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's just being uh, very naive to think that sleeping in the witch house is better <laughs> than trying to brave the storm. But at the same time, he, in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't have been wrong because knowing what we find out later, it wouldn't have been any better to sleep in the woods. Yeah, they were they were fucked regardless. So yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. This is definitely one of those situations where there is a much higher power working against them. So it doesn't really matter what they do. <laughs> they are now that they're in the woods, they're fucked. Um, so they sleep there that night, and this is the first time that we get one of Luke's hallucinations slash nightmares that puts him back into the liquor store. But I love the way that they do it where he's in the liquor store, but he's still in the woods. Like the floor is the woods, mm -hmm. 
but then everything else looks exactly like the liquor store. Yeah. And so you we really start to see that that Luke himself has a lot of guilt and like post traumatic stress about this situation that he also is not really allowing himself to discuss with anybody or feel. He is really internalizing a lot of it and that's the thing it's like luke doesn't have a family his friends are his family but he's not talking to them about what happened and they're also harboring this resentment towards him so it's just like it's just a shitty situation it's a a shitty situation yeah i have a question for you this is like it's jumping ahead a tiny bit but not really yeah um Mm -hmm. in terms of the flashbacks because i i agree with you i think that the flashbacks were very cool um and i think that the way that they introduced them and used them throughout the film was pretty nuanced it was it was always usually very cool the way that you went from the forest back into the liquor shop right Mm -hmm. and like you said it's definitely to kind of show us that luke is still dealing with that day even six months later like it's still something that's very prevalent on his mind despite everything else that's going around now my -hmm. question is do you think that despite it being cool and looking super dope do you think that we necessarily needed it for the movie to like establish how much luke felt bad about the situation or do you think that we were going back too much? Because I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with how I felt about it. For me personally, I don't mind it. But I think that it's only because it fits in with the monster of this movie. It's not like Luke himself is trying to relive those things. The monster is like making him hallucinate mm-hmm. these situations and like trying to make th- things painful and disorientating for him so like that part of it i i don't mind because it fits in with what's happening there i think if that wasn't an aspect of the monster like say hallucinations weren't part of it and luke was just having these flashbacks i think that probably would have been too much for me Mm -hmm. but i think when you mix it in with the fact that we know that everybody else is also having nightmares we just so happen to be following luke and we're like very much focused on his like um where his mind is at and what he's seeing then i'm i don't i'm fine with that because it's like i i it would make sense that those would be his nightmares true do you so now do you think that in this like with all the nightmare sequences and everything that was happening in this part do you think that the creature which we won't get into too much yet but do you think that the creature was able to tap into all of their minds because they stayed in the cabin that night or do you think that it fully had um, agency over like their past memories and stuff? Because like you said, the the creature that we deal with does fuck with them um, in terms of like hallucinations and like mm-hmm. being something other than what they're actually seeing. And I kind of wonder whether or not it just innately had that ability or because mm-hmm. they stayed in that cabin, it was able to get the source material that it needed to fuck with them like it will later on in the movie. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good question because it's it's hard because that is their first night in the woods. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to know if that would have happened regardless. But then later on, Phil has the belief that because they stayed in the house, because they saw that stuff, it kind of like opened them up to be influenced by that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like it probably did have something to do with them 
being in that house and the symbols because they wake up that next morning and they see a shit ton of symbols mm-hmm. all over the place. And so, yeah, I get I'm sure that the house probably does have something to do with it. Um, but at the same time, this this thing, this monster is a god yeah. and apparently is like all knowing. So maybe it always had that ability. It just was able to really like hone in on that. Right. And that evening since they were all there and they were all just easily spooked mm-hmm. at that time. I'm not sure. But yeah, so they all have nightmares in the cabin. Um, Hutch pees himself, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil is butt ass naked in the in the attic, praying to the headless god, um, which he was shook as fuck after that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, understandably so. But my man's was shook for the rest yeah. of the film too. Phil is honestly after that moment. Phil is just not. He is not in it to win it anymore. Yeah, he is, it is a clear game. rap on Phil for the film. Mm-hmm. For the remainder of the film. Um, Luke wakes up and he has a wound on his chest. Um, he Well, he wakes up in the woods and he has been attacked sometime during the evening. Mm-hmm. And then... Dom also has a nightmare about his wife. And so basically everybody wakes up. They say, we got to get the fuck up out of here. And they, and they go. <laughs> and so now they're, they're deciding to kind of off map it because they see a path and they decide it's better to take that path because Dom says, well, it's man-made. Yeah. I, was so, like, I don't know if they decided more so than Dom decided we're going down this route. Do- yeah. Dom and Hutch kind of vetoed the group and said, we're, we're going this way. Because now Hutch is really like taking control because he's like, I'm getting trying to get the fuck up out of these woods. Yeah. We don't have time to, <laughs> to waste. Let's just go. Mm-hmm. Um. So now they're really just trying. Now all of them know that something is wrong. But this is once again a time where nobody wants to admit it besides Phil and Luke want to talk about it. And they want to discuss what happened last night. Dom and Hutch would rather pretend like it just never even happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like both of them don't want to say anything about it. They think, you know, they just want to pass it off as it was just everybody had nightmares. And that's that. And Phil is definitely shook, like shaken to his core. And then Luke is also wanting to ad- wanting them to admit that something more is going on here than yeah, but what it appears. It's kind of like at this point now they truly are in that point of no return where it's like all this has happened. They're this deep into the woods where it's like they they have no choice but to just keep going trying to get out of this place clearly tensions are rising between the group and we even get the confrontation finally uh between dom and luke about Mm -hmm. rob but in a very like kind of like passive aggressive like dom's trying to be kind of you know catty about the whole situation not like really saying like oh it's your fault that rob's dead but like inferring that shit to which um you know what? I really liked Luke in that scene because um, he was saying a lot of stuff, but I'm going to translate it for you, homies. Uh, Luke was basically saying, um, say it to my fucking face, Dom. And I was here for the conflict. Listen, mate, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. No, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Dom, shut up. 
Come on, what, 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 what do you mean by that? I'll track it back. You know what I'm talking about. No, no, I don't. I don't. No. What, why don't you just, uh... Fucking come oh, oh, come on, guys. This is bullshit. Not a drop of blood on you. Fucking coward. What? No, hang on, Hutch, mate. No, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Fucking what? He has his skull cracked in half. And you come out of there without a drop of blood on you. Oh, what the fuck are you fuck. doing? What was that? Tell me you're right, mate. It's broken my nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke was like, say it with your chest. <laughs> say it with your whole chest, Dom. Tell me. <laughs> and so it basically comes out that Dom, Dom feels that Luke did absolutely nothing in this situation and didn't stand up for his friend and is a coward is what Dom thinks and that if if Luke had fought back Rob would still be alive and I love this shot where because eventually it all comes to blows like uh, Luke ends up punching Dom in the face Mm -hmm. and because he punches Dom in the face Phil rushes over to help Dom and then Hutch also walks over to Dom and there's this shot of all three of them on one side and they're all looking over at Luke Mm -hmm. and it's like this feeling of isolation where Luke is alone like he feels like nobody's on his side and he feels like all of his friends have turned against him yeah and so this is really where they fall apart Mm -hmm. and that's a you know tribute to uh David Bruckner the director for coming up with some great like there that's trickled throughout the entire film um, we just don't have enough time to point out literally every one of those, but mm. like it's it's really well shot um, on an emotional level. I think in terms of the group dynamics, how the group's walking, the order that they're walking, who's standing with who, who's talking to who. A lot of it looks very planned and mapped out, and I think it really helps again to like establish the group and then also the building conflict that we get between this group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's is great to see and it's it's also nice to see the dynamic switch throughout and to really see kind of where people end up because at this moment in time luke really is the out at least in his head he really feels like the outsider yeah and then in not too long from now he becomes the leader again Mm -hmm. because everybody starts to rely on him again because at this point in time so luke has seen what is in the woods. He has seen the creature Mm -hmm. and nobody believes him. So then that night they camp out again and Luke continues to hear noises and he has another nightmare. And when he wakes up, um, Hutch, Hutch's tent is completely destroyed and Hutch is totally missing. Phil's out of his tent just screaming. Mm Mm-hmm. Phil, I mean, Phil's just, I don't know what happened to him. Again, <laughs> like, I don't know what is our, going our on with Phil him. Phil has, ch- has left the building quite a few scenes yeah. ago. Uh, he ain't around no more. <laughs> he going through something. He's sitting out there screaming. So they make another huge mistake, which is to go out into the woods and leave your campsite, leave all your stuff at your campsite and travel off into the woods is a huge mistake because 
what a lot of a lot of people think that they'll just be able to turn around and go back in a straight line but it's like it's never it, like that, that it's never a straight line you're never going to be able to find your way back to the exact same spot unless there is a trail that you're following and they're not they're just going through the woods so of course they all get lost and they all lose their stuff mm-hmm. and but you know what they, they don't lose is a uh, side of their boy hutch oh lord hanging from the trees he has been kebobbed mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, been he's kebobbed. like he's he is he's hanging from the trees and yeah it's exactly like the deer it's all of his insides are falling out mm-hmm. and so they pull him down and they give they cover him with sticks and at this point in time luke is in charge and he tries to lead them out. But we realize at this point in time, there ain't no out. Like <laughs> this thing, whatever it is, is big and it's fast. And it always knows where they're at because pretty soon they it's nighttime again. Luke sees lights off in the distance and he realizes also that they're not too far from where they need to go. But your boy Phil gets, gets snatched and they... It's just like one of those things where <laughs> like you knew it would probably be Phil because he was really, really having a hard time gripping reality at this point. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more the but way he gets snatched. It's disrespect. Yeah, <laughs> it's very disrespectful. It's um, he gets jumped from behind, essentially, <laughs> is what happens to him. <laughs> he turns his back and he gets two hands snatched by this tree and that is not a tree. Uh, yes, by a, a Groot, if you will, <laughs> that is an evil Groot. Evil um, Groot wandering through the forest, snatches up our boy Phil, and snatches the screams up. that Phil was emitting from his body as he was being dragged about, followed by the complete silence afterwards, and then the little, the little you can hear like a little munching, you're like, oh, oh, the, yeah. the sound design... One of those things, I like guess. So, like, we bring it up sometimes in these episodes, but sound design can make or break a movie. And the, that it was a very faint sound of just like, and you're like, oh no, Phil, R.I.P. My guy, you're, you're done, though. Yeah, you're, you are really done. But yeah, because the all of the sound in this movie. That's the thing about like woods in the woods movies. I feel like the sound is so important because that is part of the reason the woods are scary, right? Is mm-hmm. twigs are constantly snapping. You are constantly hearing noises in the distance and you never know exactly what it is. Um so yeah, I do want to give it up to the sound design because it's a huge part of it and I feel like it's part of the reason that it is so successful i know the music was done by ben lovett mm-hmm. let's see the f- oh there's like a f- bunch of foley artists yeah they had a yeah, they lot had, of people work on the sound yeah, there was, design there was this, a like very there was a people. very big sound team for this movie and i think it i think it's uh it's evident when you're actually watching the film and listening to it too um i would almost want to because i just i watched this one on my tv but I think I would almost want to rewatch this movie with headphones on, like a good pair of headphones to get the full experience of the sound design. Because even in the script, too, the characters talk about it, how that is a thing about the forest where it feels quieter because it literally is like the trees are yeah. soaking up sound. So you get more of like an absolute quiet, which I think is very jarring to the ears a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. And 
And I also do want to give it up for because they they filmed this. It was on location. Actu- yeah, yeah, yeah. They filmed it in the woods. They went to the. Um, I think I have it here somewhere. Uh, the the Carpathian Mountains of Romania. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was and the, where was, is where they filmed it. Mm-hmm. And they did it all. I guess a, it was a pretty quick like shooting turnaround. So they mainly did night shoots. So they did four straight weeks of nights, then two weeks of splits and one week of days. And so they knocked it all out in the woods like <laughs> that night or th- in those like few weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they used a lot of like natural lighting as much as they could. The lighting of flashlights, which I'm sure was a bitch to figure out right. choreograph, but it ends up looking great because the worst thing you can do in a movie where it's supposed to be nighttime is have like unnatural light that would never be there at night coming in because it's just it just looks ridiculous. Never looks. Like, everyone always wants to say, "Oh, well, it's the moon. It doesn't look like the moon. It looks like a floodlight." <laughs> they tried to cover with like a blue gel, right? And they're like, "It's moonlight." <laughs> I'm like so glad they didn't do that for this one, <laughs> especially for the woods because it would be dark because the trees also are soak covering. up the light too. Yeah, also soak up the light, so it, it looks great. And obviously, I know it's easier with a small cast because for the majority of this it's just the four guys Mm -hmm. they didn't have to figure out a lot of stuff to do with extras and all of that so it was probably helped to make things quicker but yeah i don't know i just think they did a really great job with making it feel like you were isolated in the woods Mm -hmm. 100 i definitely wrote down that this movie to me feels like the blair witch project if things actually happened (laughs) <laughs> um, which may, <laughs> may be a hot take for some people, but um, it did feel like that. Like I, I felt that same sort of immersion of like lost in the woods and that feeling of just mm-hmm. pure terror that comes with that. Um, yeah. But so, and they see Phil, they end up finding Phil mm-hmm. up in also up in a tree. Yeah. Store. More, more human laundry. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, we kind of get to the, like the last chunk of this film now, which is kind of like the, reveal in a way of like what's actually going down here uh because they get snatched up but they get yeah, ta- dom and luke yeah they 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 fully get kidnapped but they uh both wake up chained up in a room um not hung and strung from the trees this time but instead mm-hmm. captors to this strange group of people that we kind of all knew was around the woods but we hadn't seen up until this point in the film mm-hmm. so here they are and here they are to reveal the grand master plan of what the fuck is going on in these woods. Uh-huh, yeah. And so basically they worship a god and this creature that has been running around is that god and it demands sacrifices. But I, when if you worship it, if you kneel to it and you provide sacrifices for it, then you are safe and you gain immortality but the thing that's interesting about the immortality in this movie is you still age Mm -hmm. you just don't die which miss me with that noise (laughs) like isn't the whole point of immortality you're the same age because you don't want to be there we see people later and they are mummies Mm -hmm. honey they are shriveled (laughs) shriveled up bones and they can't die because they've worshipped this god I'm like please miss me with that human jerky yeah like the chocolate lady the chocolate lady from Spongebob yeah that's exactly what they look like and I'm like why would you want 
to live forever and turn into that. But I think the girl says that they worship it as a god, but we see later on that they really are afraid of it. I think a lot of that has to do with it, is they're just scared to not worship it. Because, yeah, that thing shows up. Because we finally do get, like, a full view of the creature um, as we part ways with Dom, finally. Which Dom made it, I'm gonna be honest, Dom made it through way more of the movie than I thought he was going Mm -hmm. to. I did expect he was going to be like within the final group of people, but he lasted way longer than I thought Mm -hmm. he would. Yeah, he ends up being the last sacrifice and he he kind of gives his like a little speech where he's like, tell my wife, like I, I try to get back to her, whatever. And in my head, I'm like, Luke, Luke can't go back. I He's going to have to start a whole new life. Like, uh, what's it going to look like if he shows up and he's the only one out of all his friends who survived? He already has one friend who has died mm-hmm. on his account. And now he's just going to pop back up and say, sorry, all your husbands died on a trip with me. But I survived. Like, I was like, Luke has to get a new identity. He has to go to a new town. He has to start a new life. Like, he can't. There's no way. I'm not. He can't go back. Right. He yeah. Can't. And it's just. There's no way. He's. Yeah. At this point, he's really fucked. Like, all his, his friends are dead. And so he's kind of pulling his own Ash versus the Evil Dead, where he's like, I got nothing left to lose. <laughs> So I'm going to just try and take out as many of these fools as I can on the way out, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. But like (laughs) what I wrote down was one of my favorite things about like his last little excursion through as he's trying to like sneak out and all this stuff. I wrote down watching Luke punch that old lady in the face was worth the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. He's like, it's it's a pretty great moment. I was like, you know what? I get it, Luke. I get it. Because like his Luke, for me, Luke is so, for whatever reason, he just looks so silly when he's trying to survive. Like, I don't know what, it, I think it's just like his physicalities or what yeah. have you. But like, even like he's- when Luke runs, like, Luke has a very funny run that I couldn't help giggling at, like, throughout the entire course of the film. He's, like, obviously very uncomfortable with the things he's having to do to survive. Because he, like, punches her in kind of a silly way, in a way where he almost, like, grabs his hand after and he's like, Ugh. And then he, <laughs> like, when he's trying to shoot the gun, he just seems, like totally unprepared even the way that he like tells people or tries to like intimidate people he can't it he can't do it yeah, survival it's like he, is not he can only his do first so much <laughs> yeah so it's pretty it is pretty great though watching him do his thing up until away. up until he tries and shoots the what yeah. we now know is the ju the jutan 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 i think jutan yeah like jutan which is uh the Nordic word for giant. Yeah, which is a bastard offspring of Loki. Um, shout out to all the all the Marvel homies out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Loki's kid that we fighting throughout this movie. Yikes. But I I face palm so hard when he raised that gun. I was like, bro, you made it out. Like you got mm-hmm. out. Why you take the shot? Just let it go. <laughs> Just yeah, let it was, go. He was he was feeling real big balls, McGee. At that point, he was like, "I yeah, I set that bitch on fire," <laughs> and he like sets up the shot, and I was like, "No." But I will say that shot of the creature silhouette holding the girl mm-hmm. and um, the house burning is bo- oh bon appetit. Yeah. it's very and- nice. Easy 10 out of 10. I also absolutely love the creature design too. It's so good. 
it was one of those things where going through the movie, I was a little worried that when we actually finally saw the creature, it's always that like hit or miss. Like sometimes you're you're here for, it and sometimes it's very disappointing. Um, but this movie did not disappoint. Like the creature design was so good. Yeah, it is really good. I will say the first time I watched it, I remember it kind of taking me out. I think I just wasn't expecting it to look like that. Um, but the second time, I appreciated a lot more. It looks great. <laughs> it looks, it looks it, great. It looks great. I swear. He no, it really does. I definitely liked it a lot more the second because I I think the first time I really wasn't expecting to see it. And so when I did see it, I was like, huh, that's not okay. <laughs> but now going in and knowing I was going to see it, I could actually focus on it and like look at all the details of it. And yeah. it's pretty fucking cool. It's, <laughs> like, it's, pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. And mm-hmm. I recommend, again, we don't have enough time to fully dive into like all the mythos and stuff about this particular creature, but this is based on real mythology that you guys should definitely look up. Um, and look into if you're curious more about where these where this particular monster stems from. Mm-hmm. But I will I will say now in this last bit, this last bit, I'm gonna call it out because I felt this in my soul. Our boy yeah. Luke had a lot of plot armor towards the end yeah. of this, which it kind of took me out a little bit. Like you said, the monster mm-hmm. took you out. For me, it was the just sheer amount of plot armor that Luke had towards the end. I was like, this is oh, a little yeah. sus. Yeah, he gets away with a lot <laughs> that I feel like yeah, he wouldn't have if he wasn't our final guy. Because so they they kind of had told him earlier that the mark that he had on his chest meant that he had been chosen. Um, and so he could either choose to worship the god. Um, and so he would have to kneel at its feet. Mm-hmm. Or if he didn't, he would be killed. So as it's doing its little chasey thing in the woods it keeps knocking him down and kind of trying to make him submit and make him kneel Mm -hmm. and luke's not about that business so he keeps trying to get up and keeps trying to move move away and so yeah at that point i was like okay how many chances is this guy gonna get to kneel like (laughs) before the thing says all right fuck it i'm just gonna kill you because like earlier it killed the girl without no no problem (laughs) and she she had you know been worshiping it for who knows how long yeah maybe it was one of those things because luke had like set that shit on fire and he had done all that maybe he was like oh i'm gonna make you yeah worship me you gonna learn today little luke (laughs) yeah (laughs) basically but yeah so he does that and then luke like slashes at it with his knife where the i think it was the axe that he picked the axe that's right Mm -hmm. yeah he slashes at it with the axe which gives him enough time to run and he makes it outside of the woods which is where the it can't go past the woods so once he gets outside he is good to go which is another thing is like uh, despite all of uh, all of our shit talk of hutch just kind of leading the way hutch was going in the right direction mm-hmm. he was leading them in the correct direction yeah he actually was um, which 
damn r.i.p r.i.p uh so <laughs> so yeah but luke gets out he does his little battle cry mm-hmm. that was actually that my and... last note was um straight up my like, last note <laughs> i mean do what you gotta do i'm sure that felt good to scream back at they him. may have done and maybe then... one or two too many screams but you know what you, you fought to get here my guy so you enjoy your fought, moment yeah you fought valiantly you lost all your friends you deserve a scream or two. Um, so yeah, Luke gets away, and then we see that he's basically almost to the road. Like he's pretty close. We see a car in the distance, so he just kind of has to limp his way a little bit further. And then, like I said, go start a new life, change your name, yeah, uh, move somewhere else. <laughs> Don't go back to England. Go somewhere yeah, else. And don't go back to Sweden yeah. either. I was like, yo, Sweden must hate the horror. They either hate or love the horror industry because I know for a fact I would have loved to visit Sweden before movies like this and Midsommar. And now it is just so far down on my want to travel list. Yeah. Well, was he still in Sweden or was he? Because didn't he say it went between Sweden and Norway? Oh, it could be. It could be. So was he in Norway? Regardless, any of those areas. I ain't going over there. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't going without Um, a full 20 person tour guide that if some shit goes down, there are 19 other people that are potential victims (laughs) before myself. (laughs) Because miss me with that shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Oh, God. Yeah, it was it was a lot. It's like, dang, this hike. I didn't even want to go on the hike. Right. (laughs) Now I'm running for my life. Mm hmm. It has some great, I will say that whole segment, because I remember the first time watching it, I was like, whoa, what is this now? Like everything from when he meets the people and everything. It almost feels like it is a different movie, but it's it. they tie it together very well. And I will say the shots and the cinematography that they get with all of that stuff in the cabin and like the warm lighting and is great. Yeah, it's, it's there's like a, there's good. an... There's like an awesome shot of when Luke and Dom first like fall into the cabin. It like pans from over his head, and then like pan- we like see things upside down from his point of view. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! Mm-hmm. With like a lady standing in front of, oh, mm-hmm. it was so good. But that's that's it. That's that's the movie. That is the ritual. Uh, 2017. My first time watching it. I thought Erica's first time, but no. Uh, <laughs> second time that? through. Uh, good mm-hmm. good movie. I actually I actually had a lot of fun watching it. I think it was a good pick. So shout out again to Anthony for the recommendation. Alrighty. Well, what are we rating this out of? Maybe antlers, vodka bottles. Okay. I kinda like what? I kinda like antlers. Antlers? I'm down for mm-hmm. antlers. Alright. Do you wanna go first? Why not? I'll go <laughs> first. Okay. I think I would I would rate the ritual. Okay. I think I would give the ritual four out of five antlers. It was, it was, I liked it more than I thought I would. It was Mm -hmm. surprising how much I enjoyed the film. Like I said earlier, it gave me a lot of Blair Witch vibes, but with, I think, more consistent things happening, which really helped my, uh, my tiny brain uh, stay focused. And it had some really cool cinematography, some great sound design. Uh, the characters, although not all of them were very likable to me, I thought the group dynamic was super cool and watching them interact with each other was very engaging. Uh, mm-hmm. 
our monster was very, very cool. And I love that it was based in actual mythology. So that was another plus for me. Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I said it a little bit. I think towards the end, we were kind of stretching our main character's survivability there. I don't know if I really think he should have survived, but it's, it's fine that he did. Um, as far as like things that I would change about the movie, it's hard because I think for what the movie is set out to do, it does a very good job of it. And based on, I haven't read the book that it's based off of, but from what I saw on the book synopsis, um, it seems like they stayed pretty true to a lot of the source material too. Um, mm -hmm. So for that, I can't really fault them. It's just, there were tiny little lulls that I think uh, for me stretched out the length a bit, but all in all, really enjoyable movie. I would definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't seen it already. And I thought it was mm -hmm. a really fun camping horror flick so four out of five antlers for me Alrighty, um i am going to go in with i will do 3.8 antlers out of five okay. um yeah there are some great shots in this movie i love the friends i love their dynamic i like watching them it feels very natural and very authentic and i think like even if I don't always like all of them all at the same time, I always can see where they're coming from, which I think is very important for a movie like this. Mm -hmm. I think the setting is great. They have some, because this isn't a very, this isn't like a gory movie or a very jump scary movie by any means. It's very much based in the tension created by the atmosphere and by the sounds. And you, it relies a lot on kind of what you don't see and what you come up with on your own and i i enjoyed that i appreciate that and yeah the creature design is great it's a cool story i like that it's based in norse mythology i think that's really cool and it introduced me to a creature and a design i never seen before but i will say i do think it it's a movie that reminds me a lot of better movies that i think were able to accomplish certain aspects better and so when I look at this, I do think there were little things that maybe could have been handled better or like could have been tightened up a little bit because I do think there's a, some time there at the end where it gets a little wonky. But all mm -hmm. in all, the story as a whole, I think, wraps up very nicely, is a great story. And I obviously enjoy it because I have watched it you know, more than once and recommended it. So yeah, 3.8 antlers out of five. Solid. And you Solid. know, I know that we have fully established that this is a creature based on um, mythology, but part of me also thinks that this may be, Erica, the same moose that attempted to chase your sister in the mm. tale that you've told on the podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. The way that it was acting, the petty nature of it all, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I'll have to ask her to ID the moose for me. See if, see did it, did it have the face of a man? Yeah. Did it have a man face? It's tall. <laughs> um, but all right, homies. That is it for us today and our review of the ritual have you homies checked this out already if you haven't like we said it's on netflix it's ready to stream so if you haven't seen it yet please go and do so and if you have seen it 
We would love to know what your thoughts are. As always, you can reach out to us through our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. Um, we are homies of horror at gmail.com. So if you'd like to reach out and discuss horror movies, or if you have any recommendations, requests, or business inquiries, please reach out to us there. Um, we have a Discord now, homies. What's up? Yeah, yeah. Um, come through. Come hang out. Come talk. Uh, we use it to talk to you guys more. We also post like horror news and updates there and uh, new horror trailers that are coming out. So if you would like to further discuss horror with not only us, but fellow homies, come slide through the Discord. Um, we have we have a link tree now. So the the... <laughs> Our link tree will be on our social media. You can click on that and it'll take you to our Discord. It'll take you to our Twitch. It'll take you to everything. So go check that out and come join. And we'd love to see you there. The Discord is also a great place to have some after podcast discussion too, like we're talking about in here. We never have enough time to talk about everything that we want to talk about. Um, but the Discord is a great place to, you know, drop your findings about movies or if you want to just talk a little bit more about movies that we cover. Um, it's a great place to do that because we're constantly there chatting it up with the homies. So, you know, mm -hmm. come through. Hit that link. Please. Um, speaking of Twitch, if you guys aren't following us on Twitch yet, now's a great time, especially because our watch party is coming up. Uh, so if you are following us on Twitch, you will be alerted as soon as we go live. Uh, which is always nice. And also, of course, we are back to doing our Monday night streams as usual, which is our homie night where we like to get on there, chit chat with you guys, talk a little bit more about our podcast episode, and we like to get some gaming in. So if you would like to come through for that, the link to our Twitch, like I said, is also in our link tree, and we hope to see you there. And also, I've started solo streaming now, so come check that out as well. Um, and last but not least, if you homies are feeling so inclined, we would love it if you would hop onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review. We always appreciate hearing from you homies what you're liking and what you're thinking of the show. And it also helps other homies potentially get their eyes on us and listen to us in the future. So if you are able to, you can rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. But other than that, I think that is it for us, homies. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Hopefully, we will be seeing you on Saturday for our celebration extravaganza. Catch you later, homies. <laughs> Bye.